0: hello everybody welcome to cap chat my name is josh tyler i'm the national college advisory program director for rush soccer and today the uh The Patriot Conference for Division I became the second conference for NCAA Division I sports that is canceling their fall season. The NJCAA, which is the JUCO, uh, is most likely going to announce today that they are canceling their fall season. So there's a lot of uncertainty happening with with fall athletics, especially for soccer. So we're going to chat with Curtis from Stevens College NAIA, Samuel from Quincy University Division II, and Rob from Lakeland University, which is NCAA Division III. About what they're hearing out there, what their schools are saying, and what fall sports could possibly or possibly not look like. You're listening to CapChat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States.
1: This is CapChat. Uh, yeah, Curtis Sportson, head women's soccer coach, Stevens College in Columbia, Missouri.
2: Hey, I'm Rob Blake. I'm the head women's soccer coach at Lakeland University in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. And I'm Samuel
3: Thomas, head women's soccer coach at Quincy University in Quincy, Illinois.
0: All right, guys. Thanks for thanks for taking the time to hop on today. This is a, and as, as, to steal Samuel, Samuel's words, it is a very fluid situation that's happening with, with fall sports across the NCAA. Um, the biggest news that will probably be announced today is that the junior college in in jcaa is going to push their their fall season to spring that's not official yet but everything we're reading says that that's going to happen um so for you guys as as coaches what are you hearing from your schools what's going to happen for um for your fall and what is it what does that kind of look like
1: yeah i'll hop right in um Stevens is an NAI college. Um, I know that with speaking with our athletic director and all the information that's being presented to us that, um, you know, NAIA made a release in early May or mid-May that they were going to reduce our season from 18 games to 14 games. And the intent was that we were going to try to get a fall season in. Um, as of right now, there has not been anything to the contrary for NAI, but I know that it – just like Samuel mentioned, uh, kind of in our pre-talks that, uh, it's very fluid. Um, you know, we're, we're making sure that we have above a 50% threshold um, of teams to participate. And assuming that we hit those numbers, um, I, their full intent for NAI is that we're going to have a fall season. So obviously I'm very hopeful of that. Um, I know that a lot of the division one, um, conferences are starting to make announcements um I know earlier today the Patriot League released that they're canceling fall sports which is unfortunate uh but yeah no uh, at the NAI level I think we're hopeful to get our fall season in
0: yeah and, and you're correct the, the Patriot League um has suspended and you know they're their second one to to go down or not to go down but um so that is yeah that's the second one and and at kind of curious if that is because the Ivy League is already canceled as well I'm kind of curious to see what uh, if that keeps going so what, what about uh, Rob what are you guys hearing
2: um, well up in Wisconsin things aren't as bad as other parts of the country so ours is right we're really the sheep we'll follow what everybody else is kind of doing um, as at this point at my conference we have we split between Wisconsin teams and Illinois teams. That's our conference makeup. Um, and so the front end of our schedule has been loaded with in-state games, um, and then the back end has been pushed to all the out-of-state games, or the out-of-state teams, whether we play them at home or away. Um, I know the one conference close to me, the Midwest Conference, which is kind of the same makeup, but also a couple of schools in Iowa. Um, They went north-south divide, and so they will do a double round robin in north, double round robin in the south, and then whoever is leading of both of those will play for a conference championship. Um, But again, we up here will tend to be, will be more of the sheep because our state is not as bad as some other states, Um, and I'm just really looking and seeing what's going on around to add to those Division One uh, cancellations, the Big Ten said they were only going to play conference schedule this past week.
0: Do you? Do, are you seeing Rob that it's going to be? Are you getting the sense it's going to be an entire conference shutdown? Do you think just across the board? Um, do you think Division Three is just going to just going to push it as, as in general, or do you think it's continue to go conference by conference?
2: Uh, I think it's going to go conference by conference. However if too many conferences go, then they're going to just call, pull the whole lot. Because yeah, like Curtis was saying, if if we don't have enough teams to play, well, how are we going to have a season, right? Um, you know, for us, as I said, we're Wisconsin, Illinois, um, based in our conference. And Illinois is a heck of a lot worse off than we are as a state. And so I could see that. Illinois schools are not allowed to play. And then we just merge with other conferences and have a hybrid Wisconsin private school conference that then we could play.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
2: Yeah. I'll, I'm
0: going to I want to come, I want to come back to that and give give Samuel for division two a chance. And then I want to dis- discuss some of these things. So Samuel, what are you guys hearing for, so you're in the GLVC conference, uh, for division two. So, uh, where are you guys sitting at?
3: Yeah, a little bit of what both of them said and, uh, And then some of what they said wouldn't apply to us from what I've heard, but um, the 18 to 14 game schedule was dropped for us. Um, Certain conferences like Big Ten moving to conference only matches. We only have 14 opponents in our conference. So just by nature of our conference size, we will only be playing conference matches this year. Um, We haven't heard anything to the contrary at this point about us moving forward to the fall season. So we're planning accordingly. Um, our team is planning accordingly um, and our conferences. However, there are regular meetings um, between and university presidents that could change anything at any given moment. The rumor mill has every population of this um, as uh, they, as both Curtis and Rob has spelled out, you know, you could merge conferences, you could have different changes here, or there, the, the, um, the, the current rumor that's going around right now is that we could have a delayed start to our season. So instead of an August preseason, we could have a September preseason, and that could give the chance for schools to open up, students to get back on campuses and to see what the COVID response is like on campuses before we introduce athletics. Um, is that the NCAA in trying to protect the student athlete experience doesn't want to interrupt the season midseason? everything to spring as obviously Patriot and Ivy League have have choos- chosen to do so um, and then there's other rumors about you know at the division two level we kind of follow what division one does from a lot of rules and policies and protocols and timelines so if division one football if the power five football conferences can get their TV rights moved from fall broadcast to spring broadcast that would make sense for football to change to spring, and then it would seem to follow that other sports would, would follow suit as well. Um, so any, any of the aforementioned options, as well as what both <laughs> Curtis and Rob spelled out, have all been floated. And at this point in time, we're just in regular dialogue with our athletic directors to see what each different meeting they attend or Zoom call they're on um, comes out with for new information for us.
0: You bring up the, you know, I think one of my biggest fears is when you're looking at the the fall collegiate soccer, as you said, is, is, is it gets started? So you start three or four games and then you have to cancel. And now, now you're in a different situation. I mean, to me, that's the biggest, that would be the worst case scenario. I don't know what you guys are feeling, but that would be the worst case scenario that you start a season and you have to cancel. So would you guys rather see, you try to start it and then get canceled or just, I mean, what, what would you guys, I know we're not decision makers here at that at, at the level, but what would you guys like to see?
1: Uh, hopping in at the NAI level. And I want to echo something that Samuel just got done saying, uh, the NAI did push our start date back for games back to September 5th. So we'll start that Saturday. And um, frankly, I, I'm one of those people that, you know, I want to keep things as normal as possible. I know that, Um, You know, having the opportunity to perhaps have like a fall semester to prepare for a spring season would be attractive for some coaches. Um, It's certainly one of those things where having more time with your team before a game, um, before a season starts um, would be a good thing. Um, You've got time to condition, get things put in um, and so forth. But uh, I'm just one of those people. I would love to keep things as normal as possible um, try to keep our season intact the way that it is now at this point, um, because I know that there's already a lot of disappointment, um, you know, with losing some games, uh, we lost a couple of non-conference games early on that were, um, you know, really helpful to our strength of schedule. And it was purely just because the NAI start date got pushed back and, um, it's really hard to change a schedule, you know, that, uh, short in advance, I guess. So, um, Honestly, I would like to see it, uh, you know, stay intact as, mu- as well as we could. I think obviously the biggest fear for all of us is to get into, um, you know, our, our regular season. And then before we hit conference play um, or anything like that, losing those games is going to be tough. And then, you know, you have to make the decision. Are we going to push the last 9, 10, 11 games off for the spring semester? Um, you know, or do we chalk it up and, and just lose it for the for the year? And obviously, I think everybody's under the impression we don't want to do that. Um, you know, some of us smaller schools, uh, the, the biggest and the worst thing would be, um, you know, having to cancel the season, though, or call it off early. And then you worry about losing your recruiting numbers. You know, do those girls still want to stay at that school losing that year? Um, I think that the biggest thing within that is going to be, if everyone's canceling pretty much across the nation, you're not going to find where players are leaving to go elsewhere to play. Um, So I guess there's a little bit of fortunateness to that, but uh, overall I I want everybody to play um, division three to division one, NAIA, NJCAA, everybody to be playing um, as close to normal as possible.
0: You're right. Because if, if one conference goes down, um, you know, I'm just thinking here, even in St. Louis, you, you know, if, it's hypothetical. The GOVC decides to, to delay, um, but the other conference around does not. I mean, are people going to jump ship? Um, and eventually, if, if you know, if 60% of conferences go down and 40% still play, I mean, it's not like that's going to be a good national championship.
1: Well, and you run into the you run into the differences that um, you know Rob touched on earlier too you've got schools that are across um, you know state lines what if one state says no you're not good to go and the other half is good to go um, you know you touched on like St. Louis and in that area you know we've got um, a couple of different schools in the in the St. Louis area and I know St. Louis County is a little worse off than where I am in Boone County so um, it's one of those things where what if what pieces of your conference can't play and do they leave that conference school for another conference school to, to be able to play that year or something like that. So.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So, but then you were, so we're coming in. Um, I mean, they're going to have to make they're going to have to make a decision here pretty quick. Right guys. I mean, they can't, we can't keep delaying this.
2: No, you're right. I'm um, to go back just to say, you know, I brought up the point of those, um, Loading our in-state games earlier on in our conference schedule. My non-conference is all in-state games apart from one, but they're coming to Wisconsin from upper Michigan. So as long as Wisconsin still stays good, I see us at least having all of our games in-state playing. Um, And then if Illinois does get canceled, I think we'll go double round robin and uh, The only way it would get to a point where we would cancel completely is if the state is like, no, we're going too out of control.
0: Yeah. And then if you get, I mean, so let's, let's, let's take a look at, say, if if everyone goes and and swaps out and say we we push off the, the, the spring season, the fall becomes spring. What, what does, what's that potential look like for the fall now? So now you just, you just have a spring season, the fall.
3: It's it's hard to say. I mean, it, it, I think that would then go by a state-by-state state and conference-by-conference conference mandate, whether it's mm-hmm. small group sizes, big group sizes, non-contact competition or non-competition. Um, I mean, different states are bouncing back from phase one to four, back to one, depending on, you know, what their numbers mm-hmm. are at right now. So, you know, in Illinois, we're, um, by the time our team is supposed to be reporting – we're supposed to be able to have large group sizes of 50 out on the field. However, our conference has voted that for the first um, two weeks, we only have 10. So our conference is saying we're going to take more safety precautions than the state is giving us just so that we can try to ensure the best practices. I can see that kind of thing happening. If all fall sports do move to spring, I could see us being given the option for a spring schedule, but then conferences stepping in saying, Hey, maybe we want to make sure that within our boundaries we're monitoring this and, and running best practices uh, in, in handling and, and approaching the response. I, I think personally, I think either fall or spring season, um, there's an equivalency of pros and cons to each because if we have a season in the spring we will probably be starting at a point where the vast majority of practices before we get outside will have been indoors. Mm -hmm. So we can do all the prep and planning in the fall that spring sports get the advantage of with regards to running our team on shape and formations, if we're allowed more than 10 on the field at a time. But it's coming home off of winter break with the lack of conditioning that they might have there. You're only allowed indoor stuff and then you get outside you're going maybe non-contact with the first couple bits when you come back to campus again if there's not a vaccine out they, there could be a return to play there too and then you could start seeing a lot of injuries in the early spring season because of the restrictions leading to that point um, but in the fall there's the same in, in a very different manner there's the same risk of you know hopefully there's a vaccine by spring season but there's the same risk of injury to to muscles and ligaments but maybe to COVID-related transmission. You've got that same health risk in the fall. Um, Definitely not in a win-win situation, and I think everyone's kind of hanging on and waiting for someone to point the direction for what is best.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be eye-opening. when I think when JUCO officially announces today, I mean, it's going to be weird to see the NJCA leading the charge, but I think if they announce, I think, and then, you know, the Patriot conference goes, down. I, I my, my, my assumption is that it's just going to be a trickle down effect, like you said. And I think the concern is just the fairness of it. And, you know, and I think if, if you kind of blanket and say, okay, all sports are moving. Um, I think they also get a chance. If you look at the financial aspect of it, you know, people are hurting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we get a chance to get kids back on campus at some level, maybe fundraise, because spring season typically is shorter and less expensive. So if you go in and, and now you can fundraise a little bit, and maybe c- gather some more cash to be able to have a pretty decent quote-unquote fall season now in the spring. And, and now you have – it's a much better shot of, of getting an entire season in to look, look, look as normal as possible. I just can't imagine a fall season this fall looking any semblance of, of normalcy right now.
1: Well, well and you, you go ahead. I was going to say you you break into the fairness aspect of it too and I mean not to speak for on rob's behalf but I've been to Wisconsin in fe- January and February mm-hmm. and I've been in mm-hmm. Texas in January and February and you, when you have schools all across the nation across all these all these divisions and you want to talk about competitive edge it, I mean Missouri we we could have 6 feet of snow we could have no snow whatsoever so depending on that winter we either have you know, five or six weeks before the season would start where we can be outdoor at decent temperatures, maybe a touch cold, but decent temperatures or like, you know, Sam was saying, you know, where we can't even go outside because we're stuck indoors because it's just the conditions aren't right.
3: And the other thing that that plays to from a fairness standpoint, and again, it's just uh, during any time of financial hardship, there's going to be times when some universities are set up to handle them better than others some universities have full field football spaces that are indoor spaces that all their teams can use. They've got domes and bubbles if they're up North or they've got the, the kind weather of being down South. Now I'm not going to say that's a competitive advantage. That isn't fair crossing NCAA a, because that's something that's in place anyways. I think the thing that, and this doesn't apply to us at Quincy, fortunately, but I think the thing that might be a struggle for some teams, if we do move to spring is a lot of schools, if they, maybe they lack funding to have their own spaces, maybe they're operating in a city where they can't expand and build new resources out, their football field is their men's soccer field, is their women's soccer field, is their lacrosse men's field, is their lacrosse women's field. Game time and training times when you're all sharing a season is going to be logistically Mm. a very, very difficult thing for those schools. Now here at Quincy, we're fortunate that we don't share that same battle. Um, Well, our lacrosse and football teams do, but um, soccer, we don't. So, um, but I can see that being even if we do move to spring, and you are talking about these other advantages, disadvantages that, that the facilities is another one.
0: I didn't. I didn't think about the facilities. Great time not to be an athletic director, though. That's the <laughs> truth. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, the, the, the facilities thing that that that's a very valid point. You didn't, you didn't even think about that. Um, yeah.
1: Well, and the curious thing for me is going to be, and I I was speaking with a coach this weekend um, in St. Louis about, you know, what you have with the NJCAA potentially announcing that they're going to be moving to a spring season. Um, You know, the other thing that we run into even at the four-year schools, and I've had plenty of girls do it the last couple of years, those December graduation dates. Now, all of a sudden you're, Mm -hmm. you've got counting on for season. Um, You know, this last year, I had three graduate in December. Um, so it was a situation where those three were a part of my team in the fall and that they, they were not there for spring season, which you know, is less important when we're playing the championship season in the fall. But if we're moving to championships for a season, I've got at least one, if not two right now that off the top of my head that are looking at graduating December this year. So now all of a sudden my roster size drops by two just by pushing it back a semester due to all this. So um, I know in NJCAA, their big concern there was those December graduation dates. And then obviously the, the lack of time at that point, if you have a decent season for those girls and guys to go get recruited elsewhere, because usually they have that spring season to go visit and check on things. Um, you know, now you're pushing that summer and rosters are filling up and um, it gets interesting for the recruiting standpoint um, of those JUCO kids. And, um, you know, frankly, anybody in high school that doesn't play club, um, a lot of women's uh, high school around the Midwest anyway, um, is played in the spring. Um, so you know those girls that don't play club that still have the um, you know the dream of going and playing college and being discovered via their high school team Um, now we're running a season where we're missing more high school games and not able to get out to the spring showcases and um, so it gets really interesting at that point uh, you know pushing that our schedule of the spring
0: that's a valid point but yeah it's it's all it's all the pros and cons I mean it's it's I don't think there's a good answer. I don't think there's a, there's the, well, the best case scenario, this whole thing is it's, we wake up tomorrow and we find out this was all just a dream and, yeah. and, you know, but, um, interesting. Okay. Well, what are the concerns you guys have? And what are you guys feeling? Um, that you, that you have, uh, for, for this fall possible, not having a fall season.
2: I think, uh, if you look at division three, we're a lot of smaller private schools essentially in a lot of different states Um, and all of the things that both Sam and Curtis went on about is we're going to be looking at all of those things and mostly it's going to be financial and budget and part of the reason why division three has been so heavily against the uh, 20th century soccer model of going two seasons and splitting is because of budget and financial problems and not wanting to pay out all that money, and that's going to be the biggest deal with any of this. Is going to be budget with how you know, like uh, Curtis brought it up, the weather in Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin, well, mid to northern Wisconsin. We we can't get out on our turf field in the spring until the mid to end of April, and then we finish school in the first week in May. So, like, um, how am I meant to say to my boss, okay, I can fundraise an extra? 15, 20 grand of my budget um, to be able to keep these kids on campus when they rely on their summer jobs to be able to pay for school for the next year and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. That, that is, that is also lots of concerns there. Um, okay.
1: I will say well, on a lighter note, Josh, I say, I hate to jump in on that one a light uh, on a, on a pro it like, you know, as a smaller school, it will be nice if, if, and I say if with very big capital letters here. If it, get, <laughs> if it does get pushed back to spring, being a fee, uh, a women's coach with um, you know limited resources at a smaller school, um, to be able to have the fall to go recruit the club season because the the club season for women's runs in the fall and. Um, you know, for for a lot of states, especially in the Midwest, like I said. So mm-hmm. having uh, the ability to go see all the showcases and all the friendlies um, throughout the week and not have to worry about, you know, an early practice time or an away game out of state for us is um, – I guess that would be a pro for this, um, though I am not rooting for it necessarily.
3: Yeah. See? I mean, there you go. Josh, you were talking – you were asking about what – I think for
1: me – the
3: biggest concern and worry is just the health and safety of our community. Um, I know it sounds cliche and lip service, but the genuine reality is that we work with 18 to 22 year olds who are navigating a very, very stressful and and high pressure time of their lives when they're away from home for the first time, dealing with course loads of this volume for the first time in a highly competitive environment at this level for the first time. And, um there's th- this having talked with our, our team and some of their personal worries, frustrations, feelings, fears um, about coming back to fall, um, there is a lot of anxiety about coming back to this environment, and obviously here at Quincy we're going out of our way to make sure that everything is as super sanitized, clean, socially distanced as possible. Um, But those fears will still persist within the minds of these young women we work with. And, um, you know, whichever path forward um, is the best path for their mental health and physical health is the one that I'm rooting for. I don't know exactly what that is at this point in time. Um, I think that's where for me personally, that's where I would like to see the needle move towards.
0: So here's a i guess a, a, one of our follow, final questions is maybe we don't know the answer but it, it, let's say hypothetically is is if if you guys if a fall sports gets pushed back to the spring are, are they still on campus or or are it, are they saying is that school now saying hey we're pushing fall now the school's going virtual or are they still on
3: campus I, well I can't speak for um for the other two but for us I think the big thing is if we're here on campus, then we can monitor what's happening in our community. As soon as we start traveling to other locations, staying in hotels, eating at restaurants out, playing other opponents, interacting with referees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then we're putting ourselves and other people, people into our bubble. And that's where the transmission fears go up another notch. So that's where I think, you know, the being able to have a – training season in the fall sans competition um that prevents spread from campus to campus as control of it um but going to classes that is all kind of within our quote-unquote bubble um so we could you know monitor and protect the, the health of our students in person without exposing our campus to um people outside of the bubble
0: that makes that makes that makes a lot of sense, though. Um, it's much like much like the other sports are doing. I mean, obviously, we're not doing the Disney bubble, but <laughs> it's you, you're you're in a controlled bubble that um, that it does make a lot of sense on the answer. So,
1: um. well, and I think I think the Big Ten, when they announced that they were going conference only for their fall sports, it was specifically due to the fact that they said that they then knew that they could control the testing and the Mm -hmm. monitoring and so forth because they're mandating it by conference. Um, I know that, like, the NAIA has done a phenomenal job in terms of giving our our athletic directors and all of our members, um, you know, the resources and the the guidelines necessary to keep everybody safe. But like we said, every state's different. I mean, in Missouri, every county's different. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those situations where when it gets – when you're breaking it down and you're traveling two, three, four, five hours from home, um, you know, a lot further in some cases for other schools, you don't know what you're walking into all of the time. So, uh, I mean, not to not to regurgitating, but to completely echo Samuel's comments earlier, uh, you know, our, our athletes, their health matters far more than, um, you know, your win loss record this year. Um, so it's one of those things where I, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, things start to look up, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks where we can look back at this point in history and we can say, hey, you know what, we, we got through it. Um, but, you know, if, if, we do end up having to push it, uh, you know, to maintain the safety and integrity of all of our athletes and the game, um, you know, as a decision, like you said, we're not the decision makers here, but, um, I heard, I certainly hope it's made for the correct reasons. Um, and, and not for, you know, like budgetary reasons and so forth. Right. Uh,
0: that's, that's the great thing about being on a podcast. We don't make the decisions, but for the, for the, <laughs> for the last 30 minutes, we can sure the heck act like we do. So we can um, be the backseat drivers. Yeah, exactly. Well, guys, hopefully um, there may be new news, so we may be hopping back on a call this week. We know right now that that Man U is planned, so we want to hop on this, uh, and and let's because we we have opportunities to watch live soccer. So let's watch that. I appreciate you guys uh, hopping on, Kurt. Well, thank you so much for for taking the time and um, stay. Thanks for listening to CapChat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States. Be sure to check back every two weeks for new episodes of CapChat, exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network. My name is Josh Tyler, and this is CapChat.